Hey, it's Vadim, reminding you to set up your free coaching call with Ben and me. Go to DIYRecordingGuys.com. You'll see a button on there to set up a call. You can use that time to ask us questions, talk about your upcoming project, play a mix for us, whatever you want. DIYRecordingGuys.com. Click the set up a call button. Our guest today is Leonard Patterson, formerly of Indie Band Coach and currently of Artist Collective. I ran across... Leonard's content on doing live streaming, which is funny if you're a fan of the podcast because something Ben and I struggle with a lot as we talk about a little bit on the episode. I downloaded a checklist that Leonard produced uh, for live streams and I found it very helpful. I reached out to him just to say, hey, your checklist is super helpful. And then I thought, you know what, it's it'll be fun to have him on the show because I think as you hear, live streaming is something that you can still get ahead of. It's still new enough. It's unclear whether people are going to kind of get fatigued from all the live streaming that's happening, but it seems clear that it's going to stick around into the future in some form, no matter what. And you'll hear Leonard talk a lot about uh, some case studies, examples of artists who are finding creative ways to monetize their live streams and connect with their audiences, both present and new. We focus the episode mostly on live streaming. We talk about how to make streaming a fun and interactive part of your content strategy. And we talk about, as I mentioned, why it's not just a temporary replacement, but kind of a natural extension of live shows. Uh, Leonard talks about which platforms are available and kind of how to choose one. There's some dark horse platforms in there that I maybe hadn't considered, like Twitch, for example. We talk about tips for planning your live stream the right way and the wrong way to start. Uh, ben and I have used the wrong way several times. Uh, ways to repurpose your live stream, the kind of three different levels of live stream production value and how to choose one that's right for you. And we talk about uh, some ideas for monetizing your live stream and how to set up the logistics for that. Check the show notes for a link to where you can find more of Leonard's content, including the checklist, which is available at artistcollect.com forward slash go live. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to the DIY Recording Guys podcast, your one-stop information source for DIY music production with your hosts, Fadim Karaz and Benjamin Hall. All right, welcome to another episode of the DIY Recording Guys podcast. Leonard, welcome. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Sure thing. Thanks for being with us. You know, I, I ran across some of your content on live streaming. Ooh. And anybody yes. who listens to our podcast know that, knows that Ben and I, this is, this is something we struggle with from time to time. <laughs> and case in point, we're, we're 40 minutes after we were supposed to uh, start recording this. So we were fighting some technical issues on our end. But anyway... Uh, we're going to be talking about live streaming on Instagram and all kinds of good stuff. But before we get into that, Leonard, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to do what you do today. Yeah, um, basically, you know, you know, I was born in a small grass. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go back that far, guys. Um, <laughs> that's too far. That's I don't think that's that's pertinent here. But no, uh, I you know I started off you know musically just uh, as a songwriter. Uh, you know, built a, you know, a DIY piece together, a studio in my, in my basement and was, you know, using my, my keyboard as, as my writing, uh, instrument and stuff like that. So people are like, Oh, do you play? I'm like, I don't play out. Yeah. <laughs> I play them to write. There's a difference. <laughs> don't put me on stage with the keyboard. But, um, but yeah, I started out writing and then, you know, that turned into, you know, putting putting some songs together and then being able to, you know, kind of have that itch to want to perform them out. So I was able to, you know, talk to some of the guys, you know, in my church at the time and, you know, just a couple of friends in the, you know, neighborhood at the time. And we started performing and, you know, doing some, doing some different shows. And, and technically this was uh, 2001 and this was uh, right after uh, 9-11. Mm. And one of the songs that I had written was uh, specifically about 
9-11 is called Home of the Brave. And so they actually came together and they were very willing to go out and do uh, benefit concerts. And so we would go around to different uh, festivals and like local festivals and churches or house parties or whatever, but we would just go and we would do these benefit concerts. We'd sell CDs and we were you know, donating it to, you know, one of the funds um, of our friend who, whose dad worked at the Pentagon and he lost his life there. But so it was, it was all very like, you know, this is, this is our part. This is what we can do. And so we did that off and on for a year um, up until the anniversary of 9-11. So 2002. And we did a big, a big show. I was working at a, a record store at the time and they let me like basically clear out part of the store and have like a big, you know, one year anniversary, you know, benefit concert and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that that was going to be the end of it and that I was going to go back to songwriting. But apparently the guys in the band and, you know, she wasn't my wife back then, but who turned out to be my wife, everybody was like, you know, other than the fact that things were kind of, you know, uh, somber and the whole, you know, just dynamic of the performances were very emotional. Other than that heavy kind of stuff, we kind of like performing. You know, we kind of like being on on stage. So like, hey, why don't you go write some more stuff? Just make it not sad. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so that kind of turned into okay. Well, let's let's see what we can do. So, uh, you know, we co- I collaborated with some other folks in the band. We wrote some more stuff and then that's kind of when I started becoming a booking agent and so because I had people in the band that literally had and this is the way I looked at it they had just you know dedicated you know a year of their life to doing these free shows we weren't getting paid you know obviously people would would feed us and all this kind of stuff but any money or anything that was provided for any of the shows went back into the fund that we were uh, contributing to and so I felt um humbled and proud that they would, you know, do that and just they would help me bring some of my recordings and stuff to life. So I'm like, oh mm. shoot, I owe these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, not in like a, you know, this is what I said I would do for you, but I'm like, I felt like called to be like, okay, what can I do to repay this? Yes, let's go do some shows. I have no idea about booking anything or even where to go, but I just started and um, you know, over the course of the next six months, we changed some, changed some members, but we were doing original stuff still. Uh, we played a couple of showcases, you know, the, the four or five band uh, showcases and started to get some stuff. And it was fun. It was all upbeat, you know, made sure there wasn't a sad, a sad lyric in any of the songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, one, one night we were at this uh, showcase and, you know, there happened to be a venue owner uh, that was at the show and he liked what we did. And he was like, hey, you guys want to come, you know, play my play my club next month? We're like, heck, yeah. He's like, you know, it'll be paid and stuff. We're like, well, shoot, yeah. Now, mind you, we didn't get paid much. But <laughs> the fact that, you know, we paid were able good, to. Hey, man, we, we took it. Um, now, it did freak us out because, like, you, want us to, you know, he wanted us to play next month and we only had, like, 45 minutes worth of music and it was like a two and a half hour show so it was cool but we also Mm. yeah but we also freaked out but we made it and it was fun but that kind of started the whole trajectory of the band and that's you know the name of our band was living proof and um you know we ended up playing you know for the next actually there's still a band uh now i ended up selling it uh to uh the agency that i was working for when we moved to california but they're still performing now, but my wife and I were lead singers in that band for, you know, 12, 13 years, uh, doing wow. like 120, 125 shows a year and, you know, wow. eight piece band with horn section and stuff. So it was great. It was fun. Um, but then, yeah, we just, you know, it kind of ran its course, but, you know, during that time, obviously we met a bunch of people. Um, I, I joke now with my wife that the, you know, I'm still trying to, to get back to songwriter Leonard. Um, at the, at the time I joked that, uh, band leader Leonard killed songwriter Leonard. 
because <laughs> there was so much other stuff to do. It's like, okay, great. But no, man, it was it was great. I became a booking agent, you know. I was doing shows for booking shows for our band, but then we started, you know, picking up like side side gigs for this booking agency in town where, you know, some of their bands would be booked. So they'd call us and then we'd go and, you know, we'd kick ass and do a great job. So they started calling us more than we, that's kind of how we mm. got into the agency. And then I became a booking agent for that mm. agency. And so all of that led to me being a booking agent, you know, for another, at least the course of time over like probably 10 or 12 years. But it was when I had my sixth, seventh, eighth meeting with the band that was coming to me asking me, hey, man, how can we get more gigs? Hey, man, you know, why didn't we get this gig that you you pitched us for? Or, you know, what can we do to improve our promotion? Once I started having those same conversations over and over again, I started to realize that it's not just the bands that I'm talking to. It's not just the band leaders that I'm, you know, mm. that are taking me to lunch. Mind you, I love being courted and, and getting free meals. But I realized that there were probably, you know, consistent, you know, problems with a lot of uh, artists and stuff. So it was after one night I, I met with the band and, you know, I, I realized that I was saying some of the same things and I didn't really know what I was going to do or what it would end up being. But that night I went home and I just sent myself an email just so I wouldn't forget. But I'm like, okay, Facebook promotion um, how to, I think it was something like, um, how to engage, interact on stage. And then right underneath that, I just typed in the words, I'm like, uh, indie band coach. And I just sent that email to myself, put it away. Didn't do anything with it. I was, you know, booking and playing and living life and all that stuff. And then, yeah, it was once, you know, my wife and I moved out to California and I was kind of separated from that routine or that, that, uh, ecosystem, so to speak, that we were in that, you know, every, you know, we were kind of remote. I was still booking shows and stuff, but then that's kind of when I went across that email again, I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what, now's a good time to let me, and it literally just started with me setting up, um, social accounts and, if you've ever, anybody listening, if you've ever tried to get any social media accounts and you want them all to be the same, it can be a crapshoot uh, just in terms of like having Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everything matching. But that random email that I sent to myself, all of the indie band coach socials were available. I'm like, you know what? No idea what I'm doing right now, but I'm about to get these socials and we'll figure it out from there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah, but yeah, just musically, that's just kind of how I ended up, you know, out here in California and then also just, uh, you know, with starting the, the indie band coach, you know, brand and why I did it. So, yeah. I love that you have experience from, from both sides of the creative angle and from the more businessy side of things. Cause that's kind of what you got to do nowadays as, especially as a DIY musician to kind of get anywhere. Like you can't just be a hundred percent creative. You can't just be a hundred percent business. You got to meld and match the two. And, um, I thought that was funny how you put that, you know, um, uh, band leader Leonard killed, (laughs) (laughs) killed writer Leonard. But that is the, that is the battle though, that all of us have to deal with at a time, you know, like we have to put aside the creative to, to do the business thing. So I love that we're talking to you about this and, and I love that you brought that up. It shows me that you put a, a lot of thought and time into it and you can maybe help us avoid some of these pitfalls when we get more into talking about uh, streaming and stuff like that. Yeah, man, I'd love to. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of it is, is mental, you know, when you, you think about those, but I mean, that's, you know, the, proficiency comes through or the you know the progress comes through going through the process i would say so it's like you know you've got to start and just kind of put your you know put your effort into something specific to know whether or not a it's going to be for you and then b if it's something that you're going to be good at or if it's something you're going to need help with or to hire out 
when did when did live streaming or the concept of live streaming first get on your radar? It first got on my radar uh, when Facebook Live came out in 2016, I think it was. And it just so happened. Wow, ha- was that long ago? That's crazy. Yeah, four years. <laughs> um, and it just so happened that, I, I forget what month it was, but that just so happened to um, coordinate with the year that uh, we moved out here to California. And so, as I mentioned, like, you know, that kind of happened, the, the move, and then the whole Facebook live thing started to happen. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. Okay, what? Yeah. You could do what? Really? What? Um, but, you know, you quickly learn that anything that Facebook spends money on advertising and making a commercial for, they're going to want you to use it. Right. And because <laughs> there's so many different things that are on there that you never hear of, or at least I would never hear of, but it's like I'm starting to see commercials for people like going live and doing stuff. I'm like, okay, let me. So I just started dabbling as, you know, probably a lot of people, you know, maybe did at that time, but it wasn't like, you know, I wish I, obviously I wish I could go back in time and be like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. This, this is the answer. Obviously we all have those moments and there's probably a thousand of those examples that you, oh, yes, donuts. I need to make <laughs> donut anyway. But, but yeah, that's yeah, what I, yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. But that's when I started to just kind of play around with it, but not seriously. It was an experiment. It was, you know, mm. at that time it was really like, hey, could I use this to, you know, keep in touch with family. Mm-hmm. You know, could I use this to, you know, go live and just to share, you know, you know, our scenery now or whatever, just to show people that, you know, we're still alive and kicking and stuff. So it wasn't anything like serious in terms of let's go ahead and turn this into a business model and all of that, you know, nothing like March of 2020 anyway. So, <laughs> well, yeah, and that that's an interesting point because I think for a lot of us, I mean myself included, which by the way, I am like always lagging technology. <laughs> so <laughs> I am not on the cutting edge of technology. But I remember, you know, there was um right around March of 2020 where it was like, okay, now I can understand the power of this. But even since March, I feel like and you mentioned this when we were talking a little bit offline, even since March, the evolution of the live stream has been extraordinary because yeah. I, I remember in those early days you know it was like it was a quaint cool thing for like oh, i have a messy bedroom and my socks are hanging over the bed <laughs> and i'm just playing right. guitar yeah. and i don't I maybe mean, talk a little bit about that how it's evolved because I, I don't know that that type of setup would fly today or be interesting today right um it i think it really depends on your audience um because there might be people that are craving that, you know, like maybe their, their world mm. is so, you know, hectic and things like that, that they just want to come and hang. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different ways I feel that people can escape. And for as many different reasons that people want to escape, there's probably as many different ways that they would want to escape. So there's a, You know, there's going to be people out there that would want to find that artist that, you know, might Mm. be just that solo or that that duo that might just be hanging out with them in their in their messy bedroom. You know, Uh, whether or not they like the socks or not, that's yet to be seen. But uh, (laughs) but but no, there might be, you know, I shouldn't say might be there are going to be uh, people that um, are attracted more to that. than maybe some of the higher production things because maybe they're used to seeing the higher production things, but maybe they're not used to seeing mm. the uh, the quaint personal engagement kind of thing. But I think a big thing that has happened since March that has evolved is just the volume yeah. of live streams and just the volume of companies and organizations that are tapping into that market so now, you know, you've had a few months of, you know, audiences and people just getting used to the fact that, hey, live streaming is kind of cool. Um, you know, maybe it's not as cool in 
you know, September as it was in late March or April, but there's been a lot of studies and there's been polls and, you know, all of these official things and people are, you know, 70% of the people are saying that, oh, I'm definitely going to continue watching live streams and, you know, 50% of those folks say that, you know, they've paid for live streaming uh, concerts and they'll, they'll pay more, you know, they'll continue to pay and stuff like that. So while it's, while the volume has happened um, in what seems like a really compact time, I think that you're now going to start seeing uh, companies and artists and, and writers and basically creative people start to separate themselves because everything is so, uh, I guess, congested in terms of just the attention. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, what can I do to either make it bigger or make it more personal? And so I think there's going to be a lot of those different examples, and I think they're going to be all over the board. And I think there's going to continue to be that need and that love for the, the, you know, the house concert the you know the bedroom concert series you know because people want to come and chill and you know one of the i had a chance to interview um her name is karen allen and she is uh, she wrote a book called twitch for musicians so i had a chance to talk to her a lot about twitch and that's kind of the whole vibe of i should say a lot of the vibe of twitch uh, for musicians anyway is that people are coming there for an escape and, you know, they're going to be there for two or three hours at a time and they're going to hang with you Hmm. and you're going to talk to them and stuff like that. And so um, I thought it was really interesting just thinking about, for example, the the difference between Twitch and Facebook when it comes to live streaming, you know, Facebook, you know, long form content on Facebook, you know, at least, you know, it's all relative now, but it used to be something like, you know, a four to five minute video is, you know, considered a long form piece of content for you know, Facebook. You know? Right. Um, but, you know, now to the point where it's like, okay, where you might do, you know, three or four minutes on Facebook, you know, whether it's recorded video or maybe just pop on their live, you know, the norm for Twitch is two, three, four hours. And, uh, you know, one of the, really cool things that, you know, just kind of talking about the whole Twitch dynamic is like, you know, to really kind of build your fan base and things like that. It's like, you know, you, to make a commitment, she's like, yeah, you really need to be on there two to three days a week for two to three hours at a time. So there's that culture, there's that community. And I for musicians, that's true as well, or that's just like a Twitch general. That is actually for musicians on Twitch. And Twitch obviously is, is, was born of more of the gaming uh, platform, but there are so many examples of things of different types of shows out there. Hmm. And that is actually one of the things uh, I recommend to, to artists who might be stuck, um, who might think that there's not a lot of, you know, different things to do. Go on Twitch for five minutes and literally you will see, you know, uh, an artist in their bedroom playing piano. Um, you will see a guy playing guitar and weightlifting. Um, <laughs> you will see people doing the, you know, tapping on the mic, doing the whispery stuff, like shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> about like, uh, you'll see people, you know, knitting and talking and do like, there's no shortage of examples of the types of content that are out there. And I say that because I feel like that whole Twitch dynamic is now seeping into all of social media. So the same kind Mm. of things will be applicable. In fact, they probably already are in a lot of ways on, on your Facebooks and your Instagrams and things like that. So I feel like this whole uh, pandemic has really just kind of, you know, set a shockwave kind of to the, you know, to the whole culture of, live streaming but then also as it relates to musicians and just ways that you can you know share your music and your message and your passion and you know we're kind of the only you know the only thing that's really getting in your way is probably yourself Hmm. (laughs) and you know because there's no think about it guys there's no gatekeepers anymore true you know 
you know, <laughs> you know, obviously it depends on what you want to do, but you've got access to a bunch of stuff now. That's so interesting. You mentioned the the Twitch thing because if there's musicians out there like me, more of the introvert type. Or maybe even if you're not an introvert, the first thing I think whenever you say, okay, if you're going to be live streaming on Twitch, you got to be doing it three to four times a week for two to three hours a session. Yeah. The first thing I think is I don't have that much content to share with people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as you go through that, you kind of open my eyes to see that like it's not so much about having that much music to play. It's about interacting right. with your audience for that amount of time, which is a completely different way mm. of thinking about it yeah. that I think a lot of us musicians and bands typically think of a live performance. This is like a new, it's almost like a meet and greet and show combined into one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to, to, to phrase it. It's, it's really, yeah, the, the music is obviously part of it. But unlike being on a stage, a physical stage, you know, you are, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's about community. It's about communicating and it's about, you know, interaction and just, you know, sharing in this experience. And a lot of that experience now, since you can't, you know, reach out and touch someone, since you can't, you know, necessarily, depending on what platform you're using, you can't necessarily see their facial expressions yeah you know it's that comments are they doing you know are you know are they commenting and you know a lot of it still is going to be mental too because it's going to be nice that no one shows up just like it might be when you're on a real stage Mm -hmm. so um Mm. but yeah that's a really good point about not having to think of filling up every second with music um you know obviously depending on what type of show you're doing yeah that might be what you want to do that might be hey i'm actually going to go do this show and people might be expecting you know 30 minutes an hour worth of music but at the same time they're also going to be craving that connection and so if you're able to do that and mix that in it's a delicate balance and obviously people's personality comes into play um and I call it taking your stage presence and translating it to screen presence and, mm. you know, being able to use whatever tools you might have at your fingertips to help you do that. Um, so that, you know, maybe for example, like you guys are doing now with the, the podcast, you know, one of the things I've, I've recommended is that whether it was like at a live show or now that it's online, but like have, have a family member, a band member, or someone, they don't have to physically be in the space, but have a show producer where you're able to play music and then have someone that's able to either sign into your account or they don't even have to, but be able to respond to comments. Mm. Um, give them a, mm. you know, give them a, you know, send them an email with, hey, here are the links to the, the PayPal, here are the links to the downloads, here's the link to the Spotify you know, drop this in there every 15 minutes if no one asks about it or something, or, you know, here's what people might ask about. Go ahead and drop those in there so that you can still perform, but the actual mechanism of communicating and, you know, being able to encourage that engagement is still happening at the same time. And you don't have to sit there and multitask like, okay, did I just sing that first verse? I can't. Okay. What <laughs> yeah. am I singing again? I know. Okay. And this is, is this the lady that I don't like, or is this her sister? I don't remember what, <laughs> you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, there's always two shows going on. There's the one that people see right. and there's the one that's in your head. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a great, you have a, a great checklist that, which we'll, we'll link to, which is a live stream checklist. And you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of starting to get into that. Okay. One of your 15 tips is, you know, plan your stream. But even, even before we dive into that, you mentioned a couple of the, the different platforms available. You mentioned Twitch and Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Maybe say a little bit more about that because I, I think one thing that, that maybe intimidates people is the number of options. And I think there's a tendency to think like, oh, I have to be on all of the social media mm-hmm. platforms or something like that. What's your guidance that you can provide there for people who want to consider streaming live content Sure. as far as these different venues? I would recommend a combination of one of these two things. 
Um, and I've thought about that myself a lot and I've seen people give advice different ways, but this, my opinion, it's a combination of where your fans already are and where you like to be. So if you like to hang out on Facebook and that also happens to be where your fans hang out, don't think that you have to also go over to Instagram live. It's a totally different dynamic. And obviously we just talked about Twitch. Don't overextend yourself and try to, you know, go on Twitch because, you know, there's there's people there, but it's a different community. You'll have to build that fan base. Um, but, you know, let's say you are, and again, it's just it's kind of a combo that I, I, I encourage people to think about. But let's say, you know, Instagram is your jam. But most of your audience, if you look at not just necessarily the number of people that might be following you, but looking more at the engagement, like when you post something on Facebook or when you post something on Instagram, like how much engagement are you getting? Not necessarily the size of your audience, but are people, you know, consuming your stuff? Um, you know, so to me, that's kind of like the, the ace in the hole is being able to find where your people are most engaged and unless it's something that you absolutely don't want to do, I would say start there. Mm. So, you know, while we've talked about, you know, Twitch a little bit and how it's got a really, you know, it does have a really supportive musician community and, you know, people can, you know, subscribe to your channel and they can, they can tip you and pay you and do all that kind of stuff a little bit more easily than they can with other platforms. If there's no one there, you're not going to get tipped. <laughs> and it takes right. time to build uh, that, that dynamic. So it's definitely, you know, something to, to consider, but yeah, um, you don't have to be everywhere all at once. You can be where you need to be and where your fans already are. And then you can repurpose your stream after that and put it in the other places. So you don't have to be live there. So, ah, yeah. Good idea. Yes. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> What, what about from a, just a purely technical standpoint? Do any of them make it easier for musicians uh, than, than others? Or are they all pretty much kind of the same product or functionality-wise? Um, I would say that it, it's, hard to, it's hard to knock off the king. Facebook is, you know, <laughs> Facebook is coming for any platform or any tool that commands the attention of of. 10 or more people for more than 10 or more minutes. Like they're coming after you. Right. Uh, so there's uh, stuff like Facebook uh, stars where they're being able to, um, people are able to like donate stars, just like very similar to how they do on Twitch. And so mm. they're, they're building like, that's already there for like this whole Facebook gaming platform. And so if you actually sign up for a gaming platform, you can actually get people to, like support you and like give you little tips and stuff like that just on your stream. But Zuck said that he's rolling that out for other things. But, um, so I would say that Facebook has the most options. They did just release and kind of change their whole platform in terms of live streaming. So now you have to go through a Facebook live producer, which you used to be able to hmm. just go to your feed, hit live and go. Now they're, you know, basically, again, learning from everyone else and taking other people's examples and all that stuff. And now they have an actual live producer where you can input stream keys and schedule mm. your schedule your live streams and stuff like that. So that's kind of the only way you can go live now on Facebook. So depending on how how you've actually acclimated to that or if you've done that before, like it might not be the easiest to use but it's going to have the most reach and it's going to you know, have the most flexibility just in terms of who you can uh, get to. I want to talk a little bit about you know, planning your live stream. But one thing that happened to us last time we went live, and this was a learning for me, was that we spent the first 45 or 60 seconds not saying anything because we were like mm. fumbling with stuff and trying... And then that, you know, becomes your clip. Yeah, your intro your clip. clip is just <laughs> silence. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So next time we got to get in there and be like, 
DIY recording guys. We're live. So maybe talk a little bit about that and some of the, the things yeah. that go into planning your podcast and do as we say, not as we do. Right, right, right. Is the name right. of this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing better and doing better. Two, two totally different things. <laughs> but yeah, just when it comes to planning your stream and like during the stream, for example, as you mentioned, you know, I always encourage people to to realize that you're actually recording your live stream for the replay. Um, more people are going to see these after it's already over than are going to to watch it live. Sure, there's going to be some exceptions. You got some, you know, crazy popular bands and crazy popular artists with some, you know, really engaged fan bases, and you know they may have, you know, a, a large audience watching concurrently. But for the most part, <laughs> you know, you want to be thinking about the people that you're going to send this to or your, like you said, your preview clip on your IG feed. Uh, you want to be thinking about uh, those people, obviously, and still being able to engage and interact with people live. But yeah, I always pe- don't wait for people to show up. Um, I, I, I've been guilty of it. Um, I see people still do it, and I try to make sure that I don't do it, but it's like, oh, let me just wait till somebody shows up. I'm like... See, now they're here. You know, I'm a replay and I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just that's just one of the the things. Another one is, you know, to you know, introduce yourself a few times throughout the the broadcast just for people that are joining in late um that might catch you live but just might be, you know, didn't catch the beginning and maybe they just might be stumbling across your you know, your your broadcast in some way, but that also helps kind of encourage some, you know, repetition and, you know, branding and stuff, even for people that are watching live. So it's not like, you know, it's not like starting over. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, Leonard with Indie Band Coach, or I should say Arts Collective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I'm still getting used to it. It's only been a few days. But, uh, but, yeah, just those kinds of things, I think, help in the evergreen nature of, the, the content and stuff like that. Yes, it's live and yes, it's right there, but it's still going to live, you know, until you delete it or take it down or something. Very cool. Talk a little bit about the, the, the technical side of it. Uh, and in particular, I'm wondering, you know, how to, how to get your sound to be good enough. And also if you have multiple musicians or multiple artists, what are, what are the options and what are the things to consider? Yeah. Um, I have, in my head, like I kind of have just like three levels of live streams, and okay. they're basically you know mobile only, which is just on your phone, nothing plugged into it, uh, you know, no apps necessarily, but it's just your phone, it's just raw, and you know, as you mentioned earlier, just depending on you know what your audience is and kind of like the type of live stream that you're doing, you know, those types of live streams. Um, can be great if you're just talking to people, if you're just hanging out, um, or if you are, for example, maybe a solo artist, a solo acoustic artist who's able to play an acoustic instrument and sing on top of it. I've seen plenty of people that have done this really well, but you know, it might take being in the right room uh, with the right acoustics, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But there's a, a, a few things to consider. But I know I know uh, a couple of artists who have like sponsorships, and they literally are going live on their phone, hmm. you know, in their their office, and they've gotten sponsorships. They've you know they'll go live in their their Facebook group, and you know still doing pretty decent with tips. So then they'll they'll get them over to maybe a, a fan subscription. I know an, another gal who plays piano, um, so she's actually got a, a piano and she's singing on top of that and. You know, she's got her phone on, you know, a smartphone like a tripod Mm -hmm. and she's just playing and singing and interacting and she's doing hers on um, Instagram and Facebook. But, you know, she's getting people over to her Patreon. The only limits are pretty much what you want. So you can do, quote unquote, really good quality live streams with just your phone and nothing else. But can you do that with the whole band? Can you do that with the electric 
instruments. So, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to have amps in there and a monitor, you know, so the more complex it gets, maybe the more help you're, you'll need. But, you know, level two, I would consider being uh, mobile and more. So like, you know, you might have your, uh, a microphone plugged into your phone. You might have, you know, an audio app that kind of helps with the quality of what's going on on your phone. Um, a lighting uh, that might, you know, hook up to your smartphone, that kind of thing. So it's like you're going to take what you've got, but then you're going to amp it up, so to speak. Um, I also use quite a bit, um, oh, what's it called? It's basically a wide-angle lens hmm. that you can hook up to your smartphone that can actually broaden the field of vision. So it's like, you know, there's all kinds of examples there. So like if you did have a two or three person acoustic band, you know, that'd be one cool recommendation that I would, you know, say is like, you know, get, a, you know, $20, $30 little wide angle lens, hook that up to your phone. And now you're able to not have to all be sitting up on the camera. Yeah. But, you know, but it can still Very be acoustic cool. and you, you, you know, there's less, the less stuff there is to plug in, you know, the less things that can quote unquote go wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, then in level three, then is basically, you know, in just getting into like the laptop or desktop studio. But yeah, you know, if you have any type of source of any type of any piece of equipment that can turn that analog signal into digital, um, so you, if you can get, you know, your USB mic um, that hooks directly into your computer, or if you've got a you know, a USB mixer, you know, anything that can help you, you know, bring in multiple channels, then you can start to play around with, you know, having people plug in or having a, a keyboard versus a piano or a bass instead of an acoustic guitar or maybe in addition to is what I should be saying. There's also this whole thing with the whole pandemic that a lot of it has come like, oh, let me get this new thing. Let me get this because this is what I need. And this is, you know, I got to have this. Man. I dug out, I don't know what year it was, but it's an Alesis 8-channel mixer. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to date myself. I actually already did the 2001 thing, but um, <laughs> it's an Alesis. <laughs> if anybody else has one of these, I will, I will, I don't know, air five you. But um, it's a USB mixer that has a, an iPod Touch dock. Wow. Nice. Yeah. That's how old this <laughs> mixer is. You could mix down to an iPod. Obviously, I've not seen an iPod touch in in years, but when we were doing a live stream recently, I looked at this thing I'm like, "Oh, wait." Cuz I was about to go get like a, a Focusrite or something just to be able to have like a couple of channels and I dusted that thing off and I'm like, "Shoot. We're balling." Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's it, it you know, it does it does the trick you know it's it's big and, and clunky but <laughs> you know it did it served the purpose so yeah those those are just kind of the i guess levels of live streaming like in each one of those levels you could have as little or as much tech as you maybe needed to get that base like base level like what you would consider quality sound um but you know another kind of recommendation I have is to not just test your setup, but test your stream. So like on Facebook, for example, you can set up a stream and set the privacy to privacy to only you. Mm. And so you can actually do a stream and nobody else sees it, but you get a chance to see how your audio is going to interact with the platform. Because mm. obviously, you know, because we can sit here and do a test and, you know, it all sounds great, but it's that transfer of that signal and that audio and all of that to the platform. It's like, how is it going to sound on Facebook? I have a bunch of thoughts rummaging around in my head just when it comes to what levels do we want to be aiming for? You pick those three different levels, like the top tier, the middle tier, and the bottom tier. And I'm just thinking, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll pick two different examples. So let's just say indie acoustic singer, singer-songwriter. And they've already got an established audience that is just watching them perform in their bedroom. It's going great for them. First scenario is, should they be looking into maybe getting 
a higher quality live stream to do maybe on a a less frequent basis like maybe every day they're going live and doing this kind of intimate bedroom show should they have any interest in doing something bigger than that maybe once every other month or once a month more production value you mean yeah that is a great question and i just interviewed a guy who was doing that exact thing he found that he was you know his whole schedule had changed his name is Russ Baum and he found that his whole schedule had changed and obviously schedules change for everybody but like in the mornings that was his time to do like business and booking and you know payments and banking and all that stuff and with no gigs none of that was there anymore and so he found that he was getting fidgety and he's like ah you know what am i going to do with my time so he just started going live in the mornings and he realized and he was thinking that he was just going to do this for his his own sanity basically um but talking to him he's like he realized that you know what i'm not the only one that is not doing anything in the morning or i'm not the only one that might have some time in the morning after coffee or during coffee or whatever and so he started to go live every weekday morning and realized that his his reach was you know increasing um and he and he's only doing i shouldn't say only but he's doing an hour a day typically in the mornings 9 30 10 30 something like that um and he's not he's also not doing the paypal links he's not doing the virtual tip jar links these are all I'm just going to sing for you guys. I just want to hang out. Um, and he's he's a really good, like, motivational guy. So he's like, you know, his streams are like, hey, man, if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, let's get you over to the other side kind of <laughs> thing. And so, you know, all of his, his videos are kind of like that vibe. Um, and then he started to realize as his reach was going that he could do a paid gig with a $10 cover at the end of the month. And he does these monthly. And he said, he's like, I can't really talk about numbers, but let's just say they're going really well. Um, Mm. And he has, and the cool thing about it is he, so this kind of, you, you hit the nail on the head with the different dynamics, but he's like, my, my weekly shows are in the morning drinking coffee and my monthly shows are in the evening and I'm drinking whiskey and it's a totally different dynamic. I'm a little bit more, you know, of the, the performer kind of thing. He's like, and he also added in, and I thought this was genius. Um, he also added in with every one of those shows that he has an opening act mm. that will do a 30-minute slot. And he doesn't tell you who it is until you get your cover, until you pay your cover. Oh, that's so super, all you know cool. is that there's a cover or that there's a there's an opening act and once you get your payment in or whatever then you get access to the event and the event has all the info and you get to see you know who else is going to be joining and then who the actual person who's doing the opening slot is and all that kind of stuff and so he's got some pretty cool you know people that he's played with or knows or whatever so you know it's kind of like that whole maybe you know regional you know, famous person like, oh, you know, so-and-so, oh, that's cool. So there's kind of a cool little vibe of this is a different show and this is the one that you're going to want to pay for. Mm. So I think that there, there's an opportunity there to do both. And I really think that that is a good kind of a framework for the indie folk artist or the, the independent artist is to think about how you can have two different types of content and use one of them to reach people and the other one to charge people. That's great. Yeah. And he's hanging out with folks in the morning and, you know, he's not selling, but he's mentioning. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a, you know, I'm only going to play one show a month. And so I need to promote it. It's like, Hey, we're hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Hey, don't forget, you know, we got the, uh, he calls it, the, uh, what is it? He calls it the fan fam. VIP show. Nice. And, you know, even the show itself is a family vibe, but, and I love the fact that it's just a, a $10 cover. You know, it's not, it's nothing that you wouldn't pay going to an actual show. 
And you know, if you think about it, it could work the opposite way too. If mm-hmm. you're a big band, if you're a big band and you're used to doing, you know, big shows, maybe you a couple times a week you have larger shows or maybe you have a show that's a larger show, but the thing that people pay for is, you know, the intimate Zoom link where you're going and hanging out. Now you're face to face and it's the after party. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, it, it could Very cool. it, it could go it could go either way, but it's just that that dynamic of having a couple of different ways of presenting your your stuff and then kind of deciding on the easiest way to you know i hate to say monetize it but the easiest way to create an experience that people would want to pay for or that wouldn't even think about think twice about paying for there's something really key in that too with um from a business standpoint it it has to be different doesn't it because otherwise you're not really going to be able to charge for it because people are going to say why am i paying for this one and and all the other ones are free. So there does have to be a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. What are the options for something like, let's say you do want to do the once a month paid show, mm-hmm. the logistics of monetizing that and having private links or whatever. How, how does that look? It looks different every day. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and different in a good way. Just, you know, if you look at choices um, as stress, then you're going to be stressed out for a long time. <laughs> uh, but if you, uh, I, I try to do this myself again, do, do as I say, not as I do, but I try to do this myself. It doesn't always work, but I try to come up with my, you know, least, least complex, uh, technical stack of stuff that I use. Like this is my, you know, streaming software, right. this is my editing, this is my graphics, and I try to stick with that until they don't work for me. Now, unfortunately, I have eyes, and I see ads, and I see people doing stuff that I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't always work out like that, but you can create any type of gate to an event on pretty much all platforms now. I mean, because really, um, if you've got a PayPal account, for example, you can set up subscriptions on a PayPal account. Uh, you can make groups in Facebook. You can make groups in Instagram, technically. Um, but, you know, you can make a group or an event uh, private and have a mm-hmm. private link. And the only way that they get that is, you know, the thank you page after they pay. So it's like you can kind of set up those you know, those, those dynamics of getting people into your world. And then, you know, they have to, you know, make some sort of transaction to be able to get access to, uh, to that stuff. But yeah, for the person that is going to do like a once a month kind of show, I mean, you can literally do like paid online events now. Again, I hate to keep using Facebook, but there've been, the reason I keep saying Facebook is because I'm still catching up, but there have been 15 uh, changes, updates, significant things that they're doing that have happened literally within the last, I think, four months. And one of the most recent ones is paid online events. So you can set up an event and charge people. Like you can charge a cover for an event. And so you can say, hey, mm. you know what? Um, I'm going to have this event. And obviously just thinking about the example that we just used, depending on how engaged your fa- your your following is, that might not be the best route to take right now. You might want to build up some equity to get mm-hmm. to that that monthly show, but it the the option is there. There's ticketed platforms coming out of the woodwork now that uh, can sync to these platforms. Um, you know, one of the best one of the best examples of the ticketed platform that I used many years ago that is actually still around to stage it they were ahead of the game and this was like seven let me see yeah seven eight years ago they were coming onto the scene and their whole thing was you know your front row seat to a backstage experience and yes that's a great that's a great slogan yeah and they were really really going strong there for a while and then for whatever reason, like the, the owners, they kind of like lost their, lost their juice, whatever. And I just read this article earlier this year where they were just debating on what their, 
you know, their future was like, and then the pandemic hit, and now they're like, okay, we're really sorry that this happened, but this is awesome for us. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Stage It is, is a unique, and there's different ticketing platforms and different ways that you can pay for shows um, all across kind of the, the scope. But their whole thing was they worked out um, licensing deals with the record labels because one of the unique things about Stage It is that it was its own platform and that it was a single event that was not recorded and there wasn't any replay. So it's not like people that were doing covers were going to be, you know, sending those out on Facebook or sharing. Now, obviously, people can screen record and stuff like that, but that was one of the things that they were able to lock in many years ago that even some of the larger players still struggle with now in terms of, you know, copyright infringement and YouTube content ID claims and all of this, all this kind of stuff. I'd say pick your framework and then pick your tech to match your framework. And a lot of that is going to be like how much content you are comfortable and able to do. If you're only able or willing to do, you know, a couple of shows a month. That that example that we just used before might not be the best one for you. You might want to, you might need to have a larger production. For example, this is just, you know, I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule, but I'm like, oh, well, maybe if you're only going to do one a month, you might need to have a larger production, or maybe you need to go the other way and like not do bedroom shows if like that's going to be your paid show, like the more intimate experience or something just to have something that's unique that people don't see every day. Like you said, mm-hmm. Ben, like, Hey, you know, you can't, can't do the same thing and charge for charge for one and not charge for the other. Cause people are going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great advice. I like that a lot. The, uh, pick your framework and then pick your tech to match your framework. I think that's really key. I mean, really even for recording, we could kind of say a similar thing. So it's a, I like that sound bite a lot. Nice. Let me say it again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do want to be mindful of your time here. I'm ha- happy sure. to go as long as you'd like to go. Do you want to say something? You, you, you dropped a hint there about switching from indie band coach to artist <laughs> collective. I don't know what you want to say about where people can find you and where you're going to be doing your work going forward. Yes. Um, I have just merged with um, an awesome uh, team. They're out of Chicago, um, but called the Artist Collective. And it's artistcollect.com. And yeah, you've mentioned the checklist uh, a couple of times too. And a lot of this stuff is kind of within the scope of that. But if you, if you do want to get um, your hands on that checklist, um, hopefully it's something that can help you kind of frame out your, your live stream and like get you started. But um, you can just go to artistcollect.com forward slash go live. And you'll be able to get... Um, I'll be able to send that send that over to you, but but yeah, I am excited to be a part of this this team, and you know I've been focusing on live streaming for a while now, and it just so happened that we got a chance to do a couple of webinars together and interact with each other and kind of share some uh, share some content, and we realized that we had the same audience, the same passion, and the same kind of focus, and yeah, we just were in some talks and they're like, hey, would you consider being a part of our team? And, you know, while we were offline, I, you know, I shed some happy tears. <laughs> part of me was like, well, no, I don't want to quote unquote give up the whole indie band coach thing. You know, I've been doing this for three years. Like, you know, this is my thing. But at the same time, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of mental stress that can come from being in and doing something by yourself and so just to now have you know three teammates that i can bounce stuff off of and that can do different things involving like content creation or or helping out with different things like it's it's crazy to be like oh man i think i didn't realize it but i i I think i missed being in a band I'm like, yeah, there you go. You know, I'm like, I remember, I remember the the whole dynamic. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, so that I'm really excited about that. And they've been doing like topics um, every month now since the pandemic started. And 
when I first got connected with them, they did a seven-day panel on the whole lockdown and got picked up by Billboard um, and kind of you know got a, a great mention about being one of the best you know music education uh, companies and stuff. And so that that's been a great dynamic for them just to have those monthly topics. And then I get to step in now in September, and I just started today, but we're you know talking the whole month about live streaming strategies and. You know, whether you're just getting started or you've started, you've already started, but you're maybe, you know, feel like you're hitting a wall or, you know, there's been a huge dip in your tips uh, and you're like looking for a new way to maybe frame your, your stream or a different way to like reach your fans. Like that's, that's what I, I love like focusing on because I feel like there's so much music out there. There's so many people with, with awesome things to say and awesome music to share that it's like that's why I got into this whole thing in the first place and so I want to continue to do that and like live streaming is going to be something that is going to be here for a long time you know if there's one thing that I can stress it's that there are so many things for us out there to worry about and there's so many things that we are concerned about um, that we don't have control over one of the things that we do have control over is how we get our message and our music out to our people. And to me, let's focus on that. Like if you spend, you know, if you spend most of your time doing that at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure not just you, but the people that enjoy your content are also going to be happier. So you kind of, you know, you're kind of obligated <laughs> to, to get your stuff. You're kind of obligated to get your stuff out there. Well said. This reminds me a lot of whenever we first started seeing CDs go away and you had that like um, column chart of CD sales this year <laughs> versus Apple music <laughs> downloads. Yeah. I Maybe it won't completely replace live shows and, you know, the decade going forward, but I, I feel right. like it's going to be pretty even. You're going to see artists doing both equally the same amount of live streams as shows at least. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, not just, obviously you're an artist and we, you know, we crave that, that one-on-one, not one-on-one, but that uh, one-to-one attention, that being live in front of people. But, you know, you think about things like, I don't know, death. Um, and then you think about, you know, just how much money you're not spending on gas, on the parts of the whole business that you didn't like, like the load in and the load out. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I focus on the stage part. But, you know, I, I've not, I'm, yeah, maybe I haven't missed loading the, you know, the <laughs> speakers up the stairs. Yeah, maybe this is okay. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just set them up here in the bedroom and now let, let me just focus on what color curtain I'm going to have. Yeah, that's, that's my load in today. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, well, my, my only last question for you, Leonard, is yeah. when, are we going to see Leonard the songwriter? Yes. Ever oh, again? Yes, you are. Um, I... I don't know what form it's going to take, but um, I my keyboard is here in the office, um, which will end up probably being a nursery here, uh, in you know, in some <laughs> way, shape, or form. But I refuse to put it yeah. in storage in the garage. Like I refuse to do it. Like just having it, being able to see it, um, is is motivating me. It might be in the form of a, you know, study mix youtube instrumental playlist i don't know what it's going to be in the form of but yes i i definitely am looking forward to um just accessing that that part of my my brain again so yeah good question man definitely awesome (laughs) good yeah you gotta you gotta keep those instruments close Uh, i know we all kind of get into the same boat where we fall in love with it by playing and then we kind of get away from it because that's the turns life takes but yeah. uh you got to keep you got to keep those instruments close for mm. sure so i'm happy to hear that Definitely. thanks man don't put it in storage <laughs> <laughs> cool guys all right well leonard thank you so much this has been a pleasure i mean it's it's really flown by i've learned a lot hopefully our listeners have as well and uh thanks, hopefully we'll have you on again sometime in the future yes definitely um please please feel free um and yeah just feel free to reach out i'm on Instagram at AC underscore Leonard P L E O N A R D P. But I'll continue that too. But yeah, feel, feel free to reach out and I'll continue to, uh, you know, post and, you know, I like to 
you know, post tips and things and stuff like that. So yeah, just let me know if I can help in the future. And yeah, thank you guys so much for the time and I appreciate you um, having me on. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Leonard. Thank you. If you're enjoying the podcast, take a minute to leave a rating wherever you like to listen to it or share it with your friends on social media. Also, Benjamin and I are working engineers and we love helping people turn ideas into finished productions. So if you're interested in working with one of us or just want to discuss a project you're working on, reach out. You can find my work at calmfrogrecording.com. Get me on Instagram at calmfrogrecording or shoot me an email vk at calmfrogrecording.com. And you can check Benjamin's workout at dreamloudstudio.com. Hit him up on Instagram at dreamloudstudio or by email, ben at dreamloudstudio.com. And finally, join our Facebook group to engage with a whole group of friendly, like-minded people who are interested in DIY recording. Just search for DIY Recording Guys on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. I'll see you next week.